0: Good evening, and welcome to another episode of That Which Does Not Kill Us. I'm your host, Sarah Arnold, and I should be fucking asleep right now. I should be in bed. I took my melatonin late, and my meditation this evening, rather than putting me to sleep, which is funny because that's what I, I used to use it um, when I was in South Carolina. To kind of lull me into slumber because they can be very relaxing. Um, it's very thought provoking in its own weird way. So, figured I'd come on here and talk about it. Like, what came to me as I was doing this is that. In some way, shape, or form, I. The last three people that I was involved with were some form or another of emotionally unavailable, right? All in varying degrees. Um, the last, I would say, was extremely manipulative um kind of subtle about it though like subtle enough that if it wasn't for the circumstances that had came up i don't think i would have seen it um so i guess to that effect i'm very fortunate um because when you see somebody in a state in which they're emotionally volatile different things will surface that don't normally so you you know I know it sounds terrible but you see somebody in a different light but um, and what came up was that realization that like this is essentially an incomplete person looking for somebody to complete them because you know he had a lot of shit he hadn't dealt with You know, like, childhood shit and things pertaining to the death of his mother. Like, if I were to just, you know, put it out and paint it, um, you know, in a pretty direct manner. And, um, the sex was great for a while, and the funny thing about that I have come to realize is that, um... Amazing sex can definitely mask or put a band-aid over certain types of toxicity or unhealthy behavior that, you know, you would pick up on without that as a mitigating factor. Okay. fire. just being brutally honest. Um before that was probably the most emotionally raw I've been with another human being probably in the last I don't know two plus years um, obviously that circumstance led me to a point where, you know, I had to make decisions for my own betterment, you know, rather than stay involved with somebody to my detriment. And then before that is when I realized that I was emotionally involved or connected or whatever with someone and how absolutely fucking terrifying that was to me and like that was like my first inclination of being an emotionally unavailable person myself and that that would be my first experience into seeing that in, in my own behavior, you know, in what, I don't know if I would say fascinates me or concerns me or whatever, but, um, the thing that I keep coming back to is that, like, you know, I'm, I'm, been following a lot of I guess I would say uh, like spiritual shit you know or like um, meditative content um, self improvement things like that In a topic that I keep coming back to it kind of there's like two parts of it that are pretty much the same it's similar or the same just you know different vernacular whatever so The first piece is basically that your outward reality is a reflection of your insides, right? And then the second part of that is that the people you encounter are essentially a reflection of you. And they're there to teach you lessons and to help you get to know yourself better. And what I can't help but think, and like, I'll be really straightforward. Like, the last guy that I was involved with, the guy from South Carolina, um, I think twofold, There were two different things that turned me off that, you know what I mean, like, pretty much had me shut down and, like, decide this isn't, this isn't for me, okay? And then the nail in the coffin that just, like, super confirmed it, which was our last, um, communication. So, what really confirmed it for me was, um... And this is actually a repeating pattern that's happened in more circumstances than just, you know, romantically in this one is that um, there was something about the way that he carried himself and expressed himself. Like, it reminded me of parts of myself that I no longer identified with, you know? And it's like if I were to elaborate on that it would be this um, I guess I would say like righteous indignation and I wouldn't say combativeness towards me because he wasn't combative specifically towards me but there was a certain aggressiveness um, attached to uh, being right, you know, or I don't know, like having the right idea, his way being better than everybody else's way. And like, these are like overarching themes that kept coming up in a variety of conversations that we had that were primarily of a professional nature. But, um, I think Say, like, at the root of it, like, these things concerned me, you know? Like, and I'm not saying, like, this is something I think a lot of people misunderstand. I'm not saying every aspect of this man was bad, okay? What I'm saying is the worst of what I saw. Is somebody that I do not want to be involved with. So you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where. um, With the, the experiences that I've already had in my life. I determined pretty early on. That the good does not outweigh the bad here. And if we are maintaining the trajectory that we're already on. This will continue. And it will only get worse. And so, like, nope. Like, I packed up the things that I felt I could remove from his property without suspicion and peace the fuck out. Um, I'm not going to say it was the right thing or the wrong thing. Like, I probably could have been a little bit more gentle with his feelings. But at the same time, like, I know for a fact that I did what was in my own best interest because there is a lot of importance in surrounding yourself with people that you feel safe with and seen with and heard with and loved with and these are all things that are vitally important and without them to me like there's nothing like i'm sorry but without these things you may as well be fucking dead to me so pfft, deuces and um what's interesting is i feel like it has to be all of them and i say that because you know the person that i was involved with before him the one that i referenced where i would say that it's probably the most vulnerable and raw connection I've had with another human being and I couldn't tell you how long like I mean I really couldn't tell you just because of you know the points at our lives in which you know they intersected um it was very wounded and transparent and um well I know fucking repetitive raw and With that, like, despite that, like, you know, what I didn't feel, you know, when I decided to disengage from that was I did not feel safe, and, um, that's pretty much, that was the thing, you know, as as soon as I noticed, um, the certain... I guess I would say leaning towards, um, like, what I would refer to as unhealthy brain chemistry mixed with, like, emotional and nervous system dysregulation, like, as soon as I felt that, like, at the very early onset of, you know, making anything official, like, I think we made it official for, like, a day, maybe two, I don't fucking know, either way, it's like, as soon as that, you know, conversation actually occurred that's when things started to go um kind of south and weird and as soon as that happened that's when I chose to disengage from that for my own betterment and like it's something where like I can realistically reflect on that and think to myself there's no fucking way that man was ready for a relationship and I should have seen it at that time but I did it, you know, um, for whatever reason. But it's at the same time, I don't think I was really ready either. And I mean fuck even now, like honestly reflecting, I'm like I don't know if I'm ready for anything. Like literally like anything, you know? Um, I think as far as it goes for that connection, like I'm still in the process of working through, you know, everything that I've compartmentalized from that because I, it's hard to come to terms with the idea that somebody that you've cared for, for such a long time, like in any capacity, you know, they're gone and nothing that you did wrong can be rectified. Um, like, it still weighs on me in a multitude of contexts, but, like, even taking it before that, you know, um, like, that was the first person that I feel like I was legitimately, um, emotionally involved with, that I wanted to be, um, emotionally involved with, and it was literally terrifying, you know, um, that actualization coming to the forefront of my conscious mind literally caused me to go into like, you know what I mean? A fight or flight response. Um, like I was experiencing like such like overwhelming, um, fear and anxiety about having that desire for closeness that I didn't know what to do with it. Um, the thing that I will say I'm impressed with in terms of when that had happened is my ability to articulate um, what I was feeling honestly because I did, I articulated it I I recently came across that communication and I articulated it in a very clear manner that um, you know, like I don't think I had the same vernacular for it that I do now, but it was very well put across, you know, exactly what I was feeling and why kind of, or at least as much of the why as I, you know, had access to at the time. And like, I think to myself, like, when I'm like going over these things, um, these people, you know what I mean? Like that. I don't know if I would say that I attract, that I attach to, like, these men that I actually, um, take the time to open, open up to, like, on an emotional level, in any context or capacity, are, um, I don't know if I would say damaged, but I mean, like, I feel like there's something there that I need to reflect on because I keep going back to the, the whole thing about the people um, that you encounter being a, fle- a reflection, you know what I mean, like your outward, your outward reality is a reflection of your internal world um, or, you know, that the people that you, that come into your life are there to help you get to know yourself and like it it really does it's, it's very thought provoking and making me think what am I supposed to know here you know what I mean like what do I what, what do I get to know from this like what is this chapter teaching me about myself and it's food for thought you know it really is and I mean like in some way shape or form like I've loved each of these motherfuckers in some way shape or form But, um, like, it's ironic because to me, like, so I took four months, like, right? So the first one, like, we were involved for, like, three months, basically. And it took me four months of, like, being completely shut down and shut off. To get to a point where I was comfortable. With how everything had transpired. Um. And I use the term comfortable really loosely. Maybe okay is a better word. I don't know. Um. But. Four months. Like. No, you know what I mean? Like. Pretty much like. No social media. My phone is perpetually on silent. I have a do not disturb set on my phone for 12 hours a day. Where I receive zero notifications. Um. It's, you know what I mean, basically my went through my standard coping mechanisms for extreme nervous system and emotional dysregulation because um, for whatever reason, all of that silence and all of that solitude brings me a sense of calm that it's really hard to get in any other way so far. Um And so it's almost ironic to me that the first person that I got involved with after that time frame is like the like it's like the polar opposite in terms of like how we were engaged and because like one of them was kind of like a quiet calm uh, kind of affection you know and the other one like it was just very raw you know everything was very exposed Um, and that's kind of I think what made that connection possible was having the propensity on both sides of the fence for transparency and vulnerability in those moments um and you know really going into the caverns and exposing our wounds and basically you know what I mean Com- like we're, that's what we're doing most of the time we were comparing notes on our wounds you know and having dialogue and I mean sometimes there were other things like sometimes there was like memes and jokes and stories and guns and but a lot of it was just very vulnerable conversation so you know to the naked eye you wouldn't think oh this is emotionally unavailable no we were talking about feelings like we were talking a lot about feelings and you know the experience of rebuilding your life after everything's fallen apart and like we're trying to um Getting through to tomorrow, um, you know, things to that effect. Like I said, polar opposites. Um, polar opposites. Quiet comfort and loud comfort is, you know what I mean, one to the other. But I mean, the comfort was essentially there. And, love is a funny thing. Like, one of the things that keeps popping back into my head like, on the topic of that, that I don't remember it if it's something I read or saw, or, I don't know, something I came across at some point, and it's probably been at least 10 to 20 years since I came across it, um, is talking about love, and, you know, the concept that you only love, you know, one person for your lifetime or whatever, it's just, um, or, you know, that like you can you can love more than one person at a time you can love you know like love is infinite you know what i mean that's basically what it boils down to like love is a concept is infinite you know it's not something that can be quantified or measured um but at the same time like while yes love is an emotion it is also a choice and you know i think something that I struggle with sometimes that I'm working on is learning how to love myself more than that other person you know and how does that translate into action and how does that translate into choices and I feel like this is something that at this juncture I really need to do like you know instead of just like asking the questions out loud to you know the universe and anybody fucking else that's listening to this like I think this is something where I legitimately need to take the time and try to find a way to quantify the answers to these questions for myself um because like I don't think love is finite. Um but it's hard, you know, like it's difficult to bear your soul to someone after experiencing those types of um I haven't I don't know loans those types of losses and I think that's the biggest thing that that I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is trying to figure out how do I do that again like can I do that again you know it's like a fucking honest question and like how can I be okay doing that again knowing that obviously anytime like anytime ever you open yourself to love another person like there's a possibility and a probability that however it ends it's going to end in agonizing pain like for someone it will you know unless by chance you happen to get into a car wreck and die together (laughs) like that's like the end of the story is agonizing pain for one or the other of the individuals it's just you know whether they can see past it so that's kind of where my brain is at right now um anyway thank you everyone for tuning in as always and be well